All right, well, don't say that word anymore because I've started recording. Wow. Oh, good, it is on Yeti. I didn't actually check that. <laughs> By sheer coincidence, it's on the right microphone. Hello. Cool. Hi. I think it's because I plugged in the microphone first, then opened Audacity. That might have something to do with it. Yeah. Um, today is Saturday the 16th. You're probably listening to this on Monday the 18th of July. Can you believe we're that far into July already? No. Did you know that the F1 don't. season's halfway over? Did you know summer is more than halfway over? Don't do not do this to me. <laughs> Did you know I'm more than halfway through college? Wow. You You're know, not, but... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this was actually... I thought it was a pretty cool week, and I had a lot of stories that I wanted to put down. But I mean, it was I had a lot Peter, of stories, I just didn't want to put them down. If it was up to Peter, then maybe it'd be different. But, might as well jump straight into it, because uh, we got some more stuff we need to do today. Um, Hyundai have come up with two new concepts, that, and one of them has caught the eye of the people. So one of them, the RN22E, is a sports sedan that no one cares about. I'm not going to share the specs with you. If you care, look them up. Very cool. Because that one has not been the talk of the town. It is quite literally an electric version of a car they're already going to make. Now, the Hyundai Envision 74 is the other one. Now, this is the one people are talking about. Why, you may ask? Because it looks like a DeLorean. And it looks cool. Now, and also because allegedly, you know, I, this article didn't talk about this, but I, this is from like Instagram, allegedly, this one's more likely to go on production. I don't believe So anyways, the creative name for this car is, okay, so it's N, so Hyundai N-Line, uh, Vision, because they had a Vision, and 74, because it's actually a callback to an, a concept they had in 1974. Can you just read through that name? Because I'm not going to lie. If I was listening, I would not be able to know what the heck you just said. Wait, which Just one? like, just the name without all the interjections. Hyundai Envision 74? Yeah. I said that at the beginning. Oh, did you? Yeah. I wasn't listening. <laughs> um, this is a two-seat rear-wheel drive, 671 horsepower, hydrogen fuel cell slash electric hybrid sports car. Nice. Um, it's got 664 pound-feet of torque, 0 to 16, less than 4 seconds with 315 miles of range. Very nice. Some pretty nice specs, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it could depend on where you put the price, because obviously if it's $8 trillion, <laughs> you know, yeah. But if it's, if it's 2 you know, that's pretty good. $2? Yeah, 2 does. Yeah, I'd say that's Speaking good. of $2, he's a car that's $2. Uh, the Corvette <laughs> Z06 pricing has now been announced. Yes, look now, at Now, it's quite a bit higher than $2. In fact, I would say it's 50,000 times higher. Because the Corvette Z06... I'm double-checking your math. Base, it, you want me to give you the actual number? It's, 50, it's 53,000... Um, 53,200 times higher than $2. 53,000... Wait, 53 what? 53,200. I rounded off $5. times two. Uh, 106,400. Yes, because yeah, you appear the to be base $5 price... Short. I said I rounded off the $4, $5, <laughs> didn't I? Anyway, the base price is $106,395. Which we can go and round that up to 400 Yes, one hundred. And then round that down to one hundred six thousand. Yes, of course, because that's how rounding works. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, it's an expensive car considering the base Corvette started at fifty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a bit of a jump. <laughs> yeah. Just, what, and if a you want to add forty-eight thousand dollar jump. Yeah. 
And if you want to add the Z07 package on top of that, expect to pay another $17,000. That's more than double the car. Yeah. So, here's the thing. That's really expensive. Oh. <laughs> now, that 106395 tag is for the very first entry-level trim, the 1LZ, and that is for only the coupe. The convertible is, uh, what is it, $113,895, so $7,000 more. Uh, $7,500 more to be exact. And then if you go up to the 2LZ, you add 10000 on top of those, uh, bringing the coupe to $115,000 and the convertible to $122,000. And if you want the 3LZ trim, the coupe starts at $120,000 and the convertible starts at one hundred and twenty-seven. So yeah, expect to pay a lot of money for a Z06 if you want one. That's uh, that's one expensive engine right there, because that's all you're Speaking of engines, here's a car that doesn't have an engine because it's electric. Everyone, we've been talking about Canoe, our favorite SU, our favorite van company for a little bit now, that make the really funny looking vans. Well, did you know that they are for sale? I think I actually talked about that, as a matter of fact, a couple a couple months ago. We have. Did you know no one's buying them? Yes. <laughs> because they look so strange. And they have no dealerships. Well, yes. But the, see, the problem with the car is it's, very, it's either very niche or it could work as a fleet vehicle. Which it is working as a fleet vehicle because Walmart has just bought uh, 50... Well, I was about to start with 50. <laughs> uh, 4,500 of them. And yeah. actually has an option on the contract to extend that to 10000 should they like this first batch. Very cool. Yes. Um, and I just want to double check something really fast. Is uh, it that Walmart still exists? Yes. That's what I'm checking. Very cool. No, I'm uh, I'm checking to make sure if... I'm checking to see if canoes are in production yet. I think they are. Because we've seen a bunch of them. Ha- no, not a bunch. I don't know. Does anybody really know? Uh, okay, so apparently they plan to be out by 2023. They're originally planning to make 14,000 to 70,000 vehicles, but has been up to 20,000 with actual uh, fleet market buy- buyers. Very cool. So it's good that they're getting sales from somebody, but it's yes. not, you know, the average man. Yes. It, well, this car is going to end up being the next... The uh, average Joe doesn't really pre-order their car so unless it's a corvette z06 yes yeah or anything ford Uh, makes today for some reason yeah because ford doesn't know how to make cars on time (laughs) or how to make cars these days yeah to be honest yeah well we didn't have a ford recall this week wow congratulations ford they're just streak is broken (laughs) oh yeah they're being they they may or may not be being sued from other from these recalls but it's we're not really covering because it's not really that big of a story it's a lawsuit it's like a private they thing happen. and honestly it might not even get picked up by a judge but anyway you know what has been a really big story what bmw introducing a seat heating subscription uh-oh subscription now. in car bad subscription now. in car this well, is bad yeah definitely that bad. that's what it seems bad. like on the surface yeah however what i have to say is 
car journalists all over the world have not done their due diligence to actually look into the stories they're reporting on. Like we Because do. I'm sure if you have heard at all <laughs> about... <laughs> I'm sure if you've heard at all about this, you've probably heard about how bad it is that BMW's introducing subscriptions for their heated seats and all that. And you've probably heard about them rolling them out in South Korea for $18 a month if you want Sheesh. heated seats. And it's another some money a month. I don't actually remember if you wanted a heated steering wheel. However, <clears throat> what a lot of these journalists fail to mention is that the reason BMW rolled out this program is to allow buyers who did not order their car with heated seats or a heated steering wheel to try out these features so that they can buy them and add them onto the car for actually a fairly reasonable flat rate price. You do not have to continue paying the subscription I if mean, you want the heated seats. A little much for $400 is how much you'd pay for heated seats here anyway. Well, it's for equipment that's already in the car. I don't know. I, I, well, that's my argument, but still not in comparison yes. to their argument, yes, which is garbage. Yes, yes, yes. So, the... The, uh, shall we say, fear-mongering that has been happening in the press recently claims that this subscription is here, and you have to pay your subscription if you wanted heated seats. And that's simply not true. In even the, the screenshots that they show in these articles, there is clearly an option at the bottom that is an unlimited subscription, which means you pay once, and you own it for the entire time you or anyone else owns the car. It is just activated. Permanently. Your. For a flat rate of, I think, in the South Korea market, it was $403. Which, honestly, isn't that bad for heated seats. No, the steering not. wheel was another 200 on top of that. Oh, I thought that was, like, for both. No, no, no. It was 403 for the heated seats, 200 for the wheel. Actually, that's cheaper than it would cost to get heated <laughs> seats in a steering wheel in the U.S. market. Because if I remember correctly, last time I priced out a BMW, it's $695 to get this wheel Jeez. and seats. So, it is actually not costing you more money. It's simply giving more people the option to have heated seats should they want them. And the first month of the subscription is free, so you can actually just use it like a free trial and then buy the whole thing for the 400 and something dollars. And you will never have to pay the subscription, and you will not pay it monthly because anyone who does, well, quite frankly, is an idiot. And BMW will not make it a subscription-only service. They have released that in multiple press releases at this point, because they can be sued if they go pretty, back on that. <laughs> pretty much every press agency I've seen has misreported this information, because we've seen a day and age of news where it is more important to get the sensationalist story than the actual news, well, and we're here to deliver the actual news. <laughs> well, I mean, but then again, Peter. Three out of four Supreme Court justices so that they would not overturn Roe v. Wade before getting. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so if that's the right thing about what BMW is promising. Well, you know that's how it goes. Also, also one last thing, if you are in a market where heated seats are just an option you can get with the car, you will never have to pay the subscription if you get those as an option already from the dealer. Like, if you're in the U.S. market, which was specifically targeted by a press release with BMW, 90% of cars sold in the U.S. by BMW already have the heated seat option. So any of those cars would not have to pay any subscription or extra fees to use their heated seats. It just, you've already paid it when you bought the heated seats. Yeah. That's how that works. Um, 
Speaking of blasphemy, um, oh. my personal favorite Chinese car company, because they're from Vietnam, yes. VinFest, has made it to America and are ready to hit the streets. They have opened six showrooms in Santa Monica, Hinsdale, San Diego, uh, Commerce, Berkeley, and Corte Madera, which, yes, you guessed correctly, are all in California. Wow! Um, and they also, uh, during their announcement at their grand opening at the location in Santa Monica, where the CEO came out and cut a big blue ribbon and said VinFest in U.S., Very cool. said that they are also buying a plant in Raleigh, North, near Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and are truly uh, doubling down on this entry to the U.S. market. You know, it's kind of like, you know what, never mind, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, the Don't Convert D8 GTO <laughs> individual. Running away from the topic. Yes. Listen, I'm hyped. I think VinFest is actually kind of cool. <laughs> Purely because I respect Vietnam as a country. That's good. I don't know if the U.S. does, though. All right. Well, I, I'll talk to my dead grandpa about it and see what he feels about it. You know, that might not be a good idea. <laughs> well, he's anyway. dead, so it's not going to... Exactly. The Donkervert D8 GTO individual is now available in the U.S. and it is the first yes. Donkervert car to be available Would in the States. Would you rather have a Vinfest or this? You know, honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> now keep in mind, you have to pay for whichever car you're getting. Yes. Keep bring brings us right to the next point. The Donkervert D8 GTO individual edition <laughs> starts at two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Comes with an Audi 2.5 liter inline five that's turbocharged to make 400 horsepower, which is honestly not bad. It's respectable. But for that price. Now, yeah, for the price of $240,000, I would probably expect a little bit more. However, it, it's up for debate whether the car needs more because it does zero to 60 in 2.7 seconds, which is honestly pretty ridiculous, but also not enough to justify $240,000. So, I don't know. Leave, I'll leave that one up to you. <laughs> it is a Donkervert, though. So, I mean, if you're really hyped, you go get one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so VinFest has two cars currently open. Oh, no. Next. We're not back to VinFest. <laughs> they have the VF8 and the VF9. Both SUVs. The VF8 is the smaller, I think we less expensive one. Uh, so it's uh, We talked about this months ago. $41,000. Stop it. We talked about this months ago. Yeah, but they're actually here. And then the yeah. VF9. The VF9. What? Monthly battery subscription. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, But man. the VF9 is uh, $56,000. Rounding that up from $55,500. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful boy. The Saudi family has done it again. Um, they, and I, I, there are conflicting reports on exactly how much, but according to Motor Trend, and I'm going to shout out Motor Trend, so that way if they got it wrong, then they got it wrong, not us, um, <laughs> have put in a 20% uh, share uh, for the brand Aston Martin, uh, and a seat on its board for 200 million pounds, roughly $237 million. The investment is part, uh, stop doing that. The investment is part of an effort in Aston Martin to raise money because Aston Martin doesn't have money. Um, the remaining 300 million pounds would come from rights issues, according to the report. That being because they're still looking for 300 million more. Um, so they're joining 
up in the now Saudi, uh, the Saudi family of cars, which includes a majority stake in Lucid and a minority stake in Pagani and Rivian. Uh, I had Lucid and Rivian in the right parts. And, uh, if you're racist, like Motor Trend is, uh, you would also <laughs> throw in McLaren and Volkswagen, because, uh, I think it's, oh, I'm about to be racist. <laughs> I think it's Qatar owns majority, like, actually, like, 98% of McLaren, and then Volkswagen, and then Bahrain has a, like, 15% stake in, uh, Volkswagen, uh, enough to have a chair at the table. Yes, but, uh, you know, that's all Saudi Arabia, of course. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> it wasn't Volkswagen, necessarily, I just kind of threw Volkswagen in there, because I was aware of that stake that Bahrain yes. had in them, but it's specifically that, uh... Motor Motor Trend here mentioned McLaren. Very when cool. When McLaren is owned, I believe it's ninety eight percent. Actually, it's less than it's like seventy eight. Like I, I forgot. Uh, Nicholas Latifi's dad owns like ten yes. percent of the company. Uh, <laughs> Let's find out of uh, McLaren. Uh, now, sort of the interesting part to me is so Aston Martin is still a public company. You could still buy a stake in Aston Martin. But um, the next, the biggest shareholder that I am aware of for Aston Martin was Mercedes, who themselves had a twenty percent stake in and plan to grow that. Now, it's sort of unknown what Mercedes's next move here is going to be. If the Saud family and Mercedes are about to have a race to buy Aston Martin, or if they're perhaps going to uh, agree to a middle ground. You know, I doubt it. Uh, we'll see. Are you anyway. looking at the McLaren Group's, like, split up? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Anyway, uh, is it time to move on? I think so. On to Triumph and Triumph! I, I only brought this up because I saw Williams, and I'm making Peter cover the story. Cause yes, well, I'm stories. not going to talk about Williams at all in it. Well, they're involved. Yeah, well, you can figure out how. Okay, well, at least <laughs> they know how. Um, Triumph has released... Oh, I should probably get the name of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Liter- uh, say we, I literally only put the story on because Williams is involved. We wouldn't be talk. We're not a motorcycle channel. Triumph has released. It's called Cars Go Scoot, not <laughs> motorcycles go scoot. Yes, yes, yes. Triumph has released a new prototype called the TE1. Now the TE1 is an electric bicycle. Wow collaborated with Williams. You can guess what TE stands for. Not Triumph Electric. No, nothing like that. Anyway. Um, I actually don't know. It stands for Triumph Electric. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> um, delivers 175 horsepower, and it can do 0 to 100 miles an hour in 6.2 seconds. Which, honestly, is kind of ridiculous. Now, Triumph felt the need to um, kind of show off the fact that it was a really light bike. It weighs, uh, I'm going to have to give this to you in kilograms because I'm too lazy to convert it, 220 kilograms, which is actually incredibly light considering the fact that Triumph's, uh, Triumph's, uh, they're, they're a gas bike of a very similar horsepower, weighs, um, what was it? Uh, where is it? Where's the number? Uh, it's right there. You see it? No, it's not. Yes, yeah, 198 <laughs> kilograms. Thank you very much. So it's only 22 kilograms heavier for a full electric battery. And guess what? What? It can charge from 0 to 80% in 20 minutes. Woo! That's actually, pretty spicy. It's actually very fast. Ah. Um, 
I don't know what range it has, so... Uh, uh, well, there's a way to find out. No. You go till it stops. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. I, I cannot argue with that. <laughs> Alright, we on to the next topic? Uh... Yeah. Alright, so there's a brand new Ford Mustang that has been announced and it, we have renders and is coming for 2024. Definitely, this bad boy has a brand new chassis, brand new powertrain, all new specs, new suspension, new tires, new new look, everything. It's all different and it's all better. This is the new age of muscle car and Ford has really invented the wheel with this one. Now, On to the next everything he just said was a lie. <laughs> Same chassis, same drivetrain, same suspension, same literally everything except for a new intake, slightly updated dashboard, and, and a facelift on the front bumper. Uh, That's it! <laughs> actually, there is one more thing. Allegedly, there's an electric version coming. Not this year, though. Well, yeah, no, not, well, not 2024 anyways. They said 2025. They said 2025? Yeah, they said it's not coming the first year of this generation, which means it doesn't count. Oh, you're talking about the electric. I thought you yeah. meant... Okay, no, 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 no. The, 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 the new generation is set to come in 2024, but the electric version is not set to come until 2025, so therefore it doesn't count. Ah, yes. New. All new. Yeah. So Brand new Mustang. This is the new age of the muscle ba- it's car. It's basically a body This kit. is... Oh, and also, I another footnote uh, article here. So, there was some rendering of a Dodge electric car that I think Motor Trend put up. But it can't be backed by anything. I they had no real source, so it's like hey, <laughs> very cool. Speaking of can't so, be backed by any source. Well, this can be backed by sources. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Mala, the company that's based in Germany that regularly produces automotive components for many companies, including BMW, Volkswagen Group, and Audi. Oh, have claimed <laughs> to not not anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. There they are. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I meant to say Mercedes, but then I said Audi. So you know that's how it goes. Volkswagen <laughs> and the Volkswagen. Group. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know how it is. So Mala has claimed that they have made a dramatic improvement on the electric motor. Now. They claim to have made a motor that can sustain maximum load for much higher periods of time than, like, a Tesla motor. Because, you know, if you use a Tesla motor, you have to put it into ludicrous mode. And then you only get, like, one quarter mile, and that's all the motor can do before it has to cool down. So, they claim to have made a motor that can cool itself better. And you're probably wondering how did they do this. Well, what they do is... They use oil as a coolant and run the oil through the coils of the motor, having a much better direct contact with the cooling liquid. Now, there's a reason a lot of people don't do this. It's because oil has a much lower specific heat. Now, if you don't know what that is, I don't know, look it up. Basically, it means how much heat the liquid can hold per unit volume. And the reason that matters is because you need to pump a lot more oil through it to cool it down the same amount as you would with water. It's about four times worse. However, they claim that they've gotten be- more benefits out of this than they have found drawbacks. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe a better electric motor. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So that's about the li- end of the list of stories we have. Oh, I'm stupid. Yes. 
<laughs> Ariel, Ariel, Ariel. The people that make, that put some uh, bars of metal together, slap an engine and couple wheels and call it a car. Yep. All right. They have their uh, main car, the Atom, that's been coming out since 1999. They really? have the fourth. Yeah. They have wow. the fourth generation of this vehicle. It didn't really take off to like the Atom Two in like 2005. I know because when Top Gear covered it. Yeah. Um. So they have this new version called the Atom Four, and it has a nose job. Wow. The nose is bigger. Is and the chassis any different at all? Uh, not that I know. <laughs> Very cool, Ariel. Um, there actually isn't too much out about this car currently, other than. 320 brake horsepower with 595 kilograms. You know, that's really light and really powerful. Yeah. That that sounds like every other aerial atom. <laughs> yeah, say so that just just those two numbers alone you can you can infer a lot. Yeah. That's um, a very fast car. That is a very very It's actually 1996. I just noticed cuz they the article that I posted kind of talked about the history of Ariel before getting to this car, mm -hmm. because there isn't much out about this car yet other than this, and it has a nose job. Yes, of course. Now, onto what I was saying about how we don't have uh, too many other written down stories, but there were a couple other things, like for instance, the Chip Ganassi McLaren Polo drama that's going around right now, and if you are curious to what I mean by that, it's an IndyCar Silly Season thing. Um, I highly recommend you check out uh, some videos on YouTube about it. There are legitimately, like, daily updated 20-minute videos about the situation because it's very complex for some reason, and a, someone's probably about to sue someone else, and Polo may not have a seat next year because of spite. Very cool. Um, there was something else. What's that? There was something else related to motorsport. Oh, uh, <laughs> the, Indy, uh, the Formula E race today was a mess. Ooh, let's not talk about that. That's a that's a rough one. Yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about it. The FIA is morons. Yeah, I was screaming at my iPad because I was watching my iPad because my family doesn't have CBS for some reason. I've come to the conclusion that the current president of the FIA was the name Mohammed bin Suleyem. Something. Like I don't that. remember his name. I think you're very close. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're white. Anyway. We have issues with foreign names. No, I honestly do think that was his name, but I just I could be wrong. Um. <laughs> I, so, I have something to tell you about that, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I really do think that the leadership in the FIA has been sorely lacking. The idea, this is kind of going off a little bit of a tangent, but in F1 recently, they've been trying to change rules via technical directive, which is not what those are for, and they've been just changing race results because they feel like it, basically, in yeah. Formula E. It's just uh, For those that don't know what happened in Formula E, essentially... Um, so safety car came, okay, so it started raining, just randomly, and then Vern crashed kind of into the wall, and he was able to keep going, but, like, his suspension was bad, he had to pull it into the pits and retire. Um, so, yellow flag, uh, safety, full core safety, and while we're under full core safety, for some reason, there are two other crashes, one where there's one corner where just the normal braking line is just so horribly wrong right now, and only only Robin Frines notices this. Uh, like four other cars just go piling into the section. It was very it was actually very scary, and the direction did get this. They did not get this, and they also didn't get this other thing, where um, 
Do you know how electric cars do funny things with the bra uh, throttle and brakes sometimes because they're still relatively new? Well, Veriline's car did that, and uh, several other cars crashed into the back of him. Now, so, just uh, chaos ensues. Uh, everyone pulls into the pits for a red flag. We still have 7 minutes and 30 seconds of racing left. And then you see Lucas Degrassi, one of the people that crashed out, go to the FIA uh, section right before CBS cuts it because they have a limited amount of time to broadcast this. But the people online were just like, hey, the broadcasters were like, hey, just go to the website and just like refresh for updates. Like That's what they said. Um, so I did that. And about 30 seconds after it cut, it said, race canceled. Uh, and then it showed the final results reinstated the previous lap. And I was especially angry because it that took Mitch Evans out of a podium and put him out of the points because he evaded crashes like a madman, but it didn't matter because they didn't know how to restart a race. Oh, I never mentioned that. While they were sitting in the pits under a red flag, the sun came out and the track started drying. <laughs> oh, boy. I never even mentioned that. So, yeah. Why do I have uh, the IndyCar series open? I'm just thoroughly disappointed in the FIA recently. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to do. I was going to try and look up. I was going to try and look up who actually oversees IndyCar right now and say that they should well, have one can we right not? now in Formula E. Yeah, well, it's IndyCar. Yeah, well, maybe the thing with IndyCar is they don't believe in track limits. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> IndyCar races <laughs> have, with track have, limits issues. Yeah. Apparently, anyway. at Coda, the proper racing line they do is just not on the track. Yep. Anyway, I think that's about all we have to cover. Yes. All right. This is a proper half an hour episode. Yes, you want to chill is. for 30 seconds so it actually goes over half uh, an hour? I can start throwing things if you want. No. Please. <laughs> <laughs>